Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, I'm back. I, I know. You had to close, close the, the door. door. <laughs> we can't have people eavesdropping on this nationally syndicated show. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Crush the Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network and eBay. I'm Kirsten Lyons, and I'm joined by my co-host and cousin, Aaron Raderstorff. Yes. Okay. Marcia Lane McGee is back. Um, this was not planned, but then she wrote like post after post after post that are so, so good. So and incredible. So incredible. So open, so vulnerable. And we just like literally had to have her back on. Um, and one of the posts um, she wrote about uh, is how we're naming this episode. Stop chasing pretty, um, which I think is a super interesting thing, just what we talked about with her, but also what you and I are about to talk about. But first, before we do that, should we do the segment we call Let's Read a Review? I love that. Let's do that. Who is this person that, this is amazing. Read it, read it, read it. We're crushing on the show by Shadow Jen. I don't know who that is. Does that mean you're looking in the shadows? Are you outside our door right now? Oh my gosh, that's so nice. This, oh, this is, I'm going to cry. This show feels like what would happen if Jesse Spano and Dylan McKay's son dated Taylor Swift. It's a witty, <laughs> no-nonsense sparkle approach to real-life conversations that we all want to have while sitting on a back of the truck overlooking the city. The punchy action and honest stories mesh beautifully with the team's energy and reactions. We got to make a live session happen. Hashtag we are Stefan Herkel. <gasps> I just made oh my me day. Gosh. Shadow Jen, you just made me tear up. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Kirsten's oh. gonna need a minute and we'll be back. Well, I, yeah, I was actually gonna read a different one and this just popped up. Thank you. Yeah, that was, wow. I'm feeling See, like really good right now. I like starting our intro with these reviews. We, we forgot last it, week. It helps last cure week. the imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm with you. Speaking <laughs> of imposter syndrome. So by the time this airs, I'll know, I don't know right now, but I did an interview last week with the Today Show, Fourth Hour with Hoda and Jenna. Why is that speaking of imposter syndrome? They because invited I, you. <laughs> no, but I, it, because it's like, I don't know. It feels like, so. I know it, what you mean. So anyway, they were looking for people to talk about aging um, from different decades. Don't worry. I was 40. And um, we ended the producer, her name's Katrina. She was delightful. We talked for 30 minutes. I teared up. Yeah. Like it really did. We talked about the podcast. Who knows if they'll bring it in, but it was great. We talked about aging and beauty and self-esteem and self-worth. And I quoted Henry Nowen. And uh, so, yeah, it so felt like a crush. <laughs> were, they, were they looking for people from all different ages and kind of decades? Yeah. As far, they, as, far as I know, they talked to multiple women- um, and you know, everything from like, what does your nightly routine look like to how do you feel about aging? When mm. did you first notice you were aging kind of a thing? It's funny yeah. because I didn't, I'm like, okay, I think this is the imposter syndrome coming out. Like I'm so used to doing things and nothing happening with them that I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll see. Even though we talked for yeah. 30 minutes, like, yeah, we'll see, whatever. Aaron, did yes. you watch the documentary this week? I did watch a documentary this this week. I did indeed. What is it actually? So did I, Bradley and I watched it. I think it's just called the college admission scandal. Oh, it's about, I should say before we go forward, I did do a sketch like a year and some change ago, like a year and a half ago, 
uh, about this and we'll put it up, but yeah. You should. I, I will say, you know, we've talked a little bit about it because you started watching and you were like, Aaron, you have to watch this. Yeah. My perspective and take on the whole situation prior to watching this documentary was very much the media that was being fed to me. And then I think there was media mm. that was being fed to you. The media that was being fed to me was, you know, more focused on like Olivia Jade, who's Lori Laughlin's daughter and like sort of the, the privilege of these children. Mm. And uh, it was very much blaming the kids for this situation. And I, it sounds like the media you were being fed was very much blaming sort of the parents in the situation. I never yeah. even heard about this Rick Singer guy. Wait, genuinely. what? I did not like, I knew this there was is a what guy. happens when you go to Saddle Ranch on Saturday nights with the TikTokers coming down from sunset. Trickling I know, down, you, don't, I you don't get the whole story. I knew that there was a guy who was the mastermind of it. Right. But it, you know, the story wasn't that this one guy played all these people. It was that all these people sought out, uh, you know what I mean? It was yeah. that all these people sought out sort of a shortcut, but- as I, I, I have a lot of controversial opinions about this situation. Well, yeah, and really quickly. So it was interesting when we were talking about this and she was going on and she, meaning Aaron, was going on and on about Olivia Jade. And I was like, I really, for the most part, the only video they kept re-showing like on news, her saying like, whatever, I just want to go to parties anyway about going yeah. to school. That pretty much was it. It was mostly yeah. centered around the the parents and really centered around this Rick Singer guy and the coaches and the schools. Um which, you know, I mean, gosh, this documentary was heartbreaking for so many different reasons. Well, it's, it's very clearly a broken system because the schools benefit from mm -hmm. funds. The story that you are fed as a high schooler applying to college, mm -hmm. it's a very different, you know, you actually get into college and you've realized colleges are businesses. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason they make certain things complicated because they don't want you to graduate in three years. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason that you have to get a meal plan as a freshman and you have to live on campus and they make it nearly impossible to be a commuter. Like more than anything, colleges are businesses. They benefit from these side door or even back door donations. And to me, this whole scandal wasn't even a scandal. It was like a, well, yeah, of course there are kids getting in that that bought their way in. That's never been a secret. I think the scandal in this was sort of how, how it all happened. And that, you know, when, when these kids are making these, and I shouldn't say when parents are making donations for their kids to get into a school that they wouldn't already be getting into, mm -hmm. which is different than the scandal that we're talking about. Again, it, it wasn't a secret. Their name is on whatever building they paid for or whatever right. thing they donated to. It was just a known thing that these people had these advantages. Like it wasn't a secret the injustice of it all in the, the largeness of it, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. And I think also what's so sad, I think to me, what's so sad is the heartbreak of so many of these people that worked for the colleges that were being, you know, the, the coach was like, I just wanted to coach. I didn't realize it was so much about raising funds. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was, it was heartbreaking. His story was absolutely heartbreaking. He literally received nothing. Like it wasn't yeah. like it went to the, and then, then Stanford kept they it kept all it. 770. And then they're like, oh, uh, we, we put it to the right. They yeah. said something interesting at the end where they were like, this is the first time we've ever seen a victim of a scheme yes. like this that actually got the money. The victim like, impact statement. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah. Not enough uh, blame was placed on these schools too. I agree. Not enough 
blame was placed on these parents for not setting expectations for their kids. So like in Olivia Jade's case, yes, she knew what was going on. It it made it clear in the documentary, there were kids who had no idea this was going on. They didn't know somebody was taking the SAT Which is even more heartbreaking. Yes. That their their parents- That, yeah, that their parents, and and, you know, it's kind of like for what? They made that statement that was like, oh, they want their kids to go to Harvard because they couldn't go to Harvard. And I don't think that's it. I really don't. I think it's a lot of, I want to maintain this power structure you know, if my kid goes to Harvard, it's one, it looks good to my buddies that I can brag about it. But two, my kid goes into Harvard and they're also set up for life. And they think that if maybe, I don't know, I think there's such a, it's such a weird dynamic. I think it's when you're sitting at the dinner party, you can say, you want to say, yes. Yeah. It's, Uh and you know what? It's everywhere. For me, it was, I wanted to be sitting and be able to say, oh, I just shot a TV show. Right. Like I hated when somebody would be like, what have you been doing? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, when I first moved to LA, people would be like, what have you been in? And I'd be like, oh, have you seen Titanic? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, me too. It was a good movie. And they're like, wait, what? Like, Mm. I just wanted to like change the conversation. I would try to change the situation because I felt uncomfortable, but also trying to bring like some levity and comedy into it. I do think there's this element. Cause I remember Bradley was watching. He was like, what? Like, why is it such a big deal? Who cares? And I'm like, babe, but think about it in LA terms for us, William Morris. If somebody could have gotten us into William Morris or CAA, which are like the two top talent agencies, that to them is what the Harvard or whatever is. And he was like, that's oh, that's a really a good point. Way. And I think for anybody that's having a hard time understanding the gravity for these families of why this was so important, I'm not, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm saying, give yourself like the humility of saying like, what do you want so badly? What do you feel like is finally going to complete you? What is going to make you feel whole or worthwhile or whatever? Put that, put that in the place of Harvard, Stanford, Georgetown, whatever, then maybe you might be able to understand a little bit more. I need to be honest with myself and say, where would I fall in that? And how would I have, because I'm, I'm just, I, look, I'm just as guilty as anyone of wanting something so badly. And I guess I can see myself in every single situation. Like yeah. I can see myself in the Rick Singer. I can see myself in the kids. I can see myself in the parents. I can see myself in that coach. And Everybody wants to see themselves in the kids that are going at the same time and just feel like they lost their spot. And I think we can all easily put ourselves in that spot, but I think it's a lot harder to be honest with ourselves and be like, yeah, but I've kind of been a piece of crap too sometimes. Okay, wait, so Marie Beachman uh, tweeted this and, and Marcia, our guest on today, Uh, shared it on story. So I'm going to read it. Some people have a hard time recognizing privilege saying, I work hard. I don't get things handed to me. I understand that. Here's how I respond. Privilege isn't bonus points for you and your team. It's unfair penalties. The other team gets that you don't. Privilege isn't the presence of perks and benefits. It's the absence of obstacles and barriers. That's a lot harder to notice. If you have a hard time recognizing your privileges, focus on what you don't have to go through. Let that fuel your empathy and action. I seriously, I'm screenshotting it right now so I don't lose it because I want to share it in our stories on Friday. But like, I just love that because I think it is a very hard time for people sometimes to understand their privilege. And sometimes we look at these situations and they're like, well, they're privileged, right? Like they paid $15,000, but we don't understand our privilege in that situation. Here's... Actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because one of my other controversial kind of, and I say controversial opinions because I didn't hear other people talking about Oh, but we, later in this episode, we get real controversial over Sharpay Evans and High School Musical. (laughs) So don't you worry, stay for that. One of my things that I was frustrated about was, again, sort of this take that like, none of this was a secret. 
you know, I mean that specifically, but the fact that this whole complex existed wasn't a secret. You know, the idea that, and it even goes down to the SATs, that people are already getting an advantage because they're paying thousands for these SAT prep mm. courses. They're paying thousands for college counselors. They're paying to go on these weekends away where they get to network with, you know, the people who do the application. Yes. And the, the admissions people. Yes, but yes. I want to, wait, I want to say something because I think it's that you knew it. That's I what think- I was just going to say. I didn't realize that other people didn't even know that because that's the world I grew up in. And And you know, what's interesting is like, Ultimately, it's because of privilege, going back to privilege, right? Totally. We, we don't have to see it. I got some interesting feedback in high school, but I wrote a paper about how I thought College Board was a monopoly because in theory, they could charge whatever they wanted to for the SAT. They're the only board that administers it. Mm. And then this was prior to the ACT being another acceptable test, but they could charge whatever they wanted to. They also determine the cost of AP classes. Right. And so I'm like, it's crazy to think that not only are you paying for this test, but there are some kids who are paying to take it three and four times on top of the already test prep that they're taking. You know, there are students that need educational testing to receive accommodations. That all costs money. I mean, those accommodations that they were talking about, I had those accommodations when I took the SAT, but just- But you also have a documented, how would you say, a learning disability? to get that learning disability documented costs three to $400. Right. Like it's just, it's so stacked against because it is such a profitable business. And we have put a college degree on such a pedestal that it's now created this system where they can charge whatever they want for it. It's just- Well, you know, and it's interesting to kind of wrap all this up. What's so fascinating, I'm so excited to get into this discussion with Marcia and we talk about, you know, Sharpay and (laughs) prettiness and beauty and all this stuff. I think something that I was thinking about when you said motivates is I think ultimately this all goes back to, which is what this podcast is basically about is value and worth, right? Yeah. And I think- Ultimately, whether I'm discussing aging on the Today Show or it's about, you know, a very wealthy kid getting into college or not getting into college or Sharpay not getting the part she thought she deserved or, you know, Marcia talking about what has pretty ever gotten me. Ultimately, it's where do we put our value and worth? And then is that actually creating fruit? Is that actually sustainable? Is it valuable? Is it, is it life-giving and is it continuous or is it disposable? And, and I think a lot of what these families are realizing is they think this is going to be sustainable. They think this is going to be something that is going to get them enough. But what they talked about in this wealth environment, this high wealth environment is that it's never enough, the car, the house, the whatever, but we can all, and I think that goes back to what I was saying about, we can see ourselves in this is okay. It may not be that we're paying $500,000 with our picture on a rower to get into college, but what is it for us? When I say that this is a this, I don't want you to feel alone. I don't just mean that in a sense of like, I mostly mean that in a sense of you are not alone in your suffering and your loss and your brokenness, but you're also not alone in the fact that we need to look inside ourselves and like check in with ourselves and yeah. humility. So we all do. Yeah, we all do. And on that note, <laughs> here we go, Marcia. It's Kirsten. Okay, so just a quick heads up. Um, The audio for the rest of this episode is just a little bit um, not as clean as we hoped it would be. Um, We had some headphone issues. um, And then also, Loic is (laughs) really excited about his puffs and crackers at certain points. um, And you can kind of hear him in the other room. I do live in an apartment. There's not a ton of space for the kids to go to. And um, the weather was kind of bad. Usually when Bradley and I do this sort of thing, the other one takes the kids out for the day. 
day or whatever, but this just couldn't happen during during this interview. So enjoy real life. Um, and hey, stop chasing the pretty. But first, before we talk about it, anything, you've already been on here. We already know your mash. Yes. We already know what you would tell your 12-year-old self, but something we did not talk about that I feel like it's, it's just, it's probably the biggest news story of 2021. I don't know if Aaron knows how much you love and appreciate High School Musical. Really? I do. Oh, thank goodness. I feel like to me, that's a much more, it's a better gauge of who you are as a person (laughs) for me than like Backstreet Boys or NSYNC. Well, yeah. Um, We probably though don't have the same views about High School Musical. What are your views about High School Musical? I believe High School Musical is told from the point of view of the true villain, Gabrielle Montez. Oh. (laughs) Erin is like, you are canceled. Did you see all of the stuff that came out right around the 10 year reunion when people were really talking about High School Musical again? And you know, the the core audience had aged enough to to have some critical analysis about the films. Um, (laughs) but, But... Ashley Tisdale tweeted something and she was like, uh, Gabriella was chasing a man. Sharpay was chasing her dreams. Yep. And I was like, boom. All right. For so real. real quickly, you said something to me in our pre pre-interview when we were chatting <laughs> on the phone, when I was in a towel and nothing else as I got up the shower. Anyway, nice. spoiler alert, everybody. I get naked sometimes. Um, <laughs> you said that, well, I'm just, you said something about, I mean, crushed. And it's, I know, and it was funny how that happened. I was like, I don't know how it hasn't come up that I believe that Gabriella is the villain because my worldview, like my point of view is shaped by a pretty big crush moment um, when I was doing musical theater. So I, you know, I did musical theater in high school. We talked about it, how all the musicals are about white people in the thirties, black girl didn't really get a part. But when I got to college, that all changed because there was a lot more diversity in college. My freshman year of college, it was like, boom, you're in the musicals. And they didn't really have a musical theater program. Like it was the next year, um, based on my voice, the director of all the plays decided that we were gonna do She Loves Me. And he's like, wow. we're gonna do She Loves Me. You can do this, it's gonna be great. And I was like, I'm so excited to do She Loves Me, right? And you know how, let's be real, plays are precast before the audition. Yes, 100%, especially when you're in high school or college, yes. Right, exactly. So you guys know, I'm I'm quite a kind person. I like to say so, I believe I- Yes, Um, you are delightful and you're, yes. This freshman comes in and she's like nervous, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, she'll be fine. There are plenty of roles, la la, whatever. I'm showing her, I show, I'm like, oh, here, you can take my extra sheet music. I let her practice. Like I did whatever. I went in, I like nailed my audition. I left. She also nailed her audition better than me because she was like, oh, thanks for all that. She's like, thank you so much for helping me. Like, and I was like, what? And she got the lead role. She got to be Amalia and she loves me and I was a chorus person um, my sophomore year and I was like the hell I and I was like and it was a it was a whole thing and it wasn't like I wasn't like Sharpay who was like you can't be you can't sit with us but I also like it was a whole it was a shock to my system because I was like no 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 like I I worked hard I helped you and I mean she was fine like 
Um, like she wasn't an awful person. It didn't make her awful. But that whole situation, I was so hurt. Like I was just like, I worked all summer and then, you know, because I knew that's what was, was going to be and I was ready and it just didn't uh, happen. And I think about that when I watched High School Musical, I was like, nah, Gabriella, that was wrong, girl. That was wrong. I don't care. <laughs> I always have had a soft spot in my heart for Sharpay. As Aaron said, and what if she worked hard, hard and I, I, I think- But she wasn't nice to people. Yes. You can still work hard and be nice to people. Like that part when she auditions and she was like, she's so mean to uh, the composer whose name I can't remember. Kelsey, she's yeah. so mean to Kelsey. You know, that part when other people are auditioning and she's just like kind of making fun of them. No, like I get what you're all saying yeah. about, you know, she's worked in this program <laughs> since kindergarten, uh, uh, you know, respectful, right. but she, she's not kind and she's not inclusive. You're right. She is not kind. Well, I mean, let's say Ryan is her brother. I'm just saying uh, pretty inclusive with, uh, but, I have a very uh, hard time with Ryan with and her sweet couple. <laughs> couple things like yeah, too like, old this is very I don't like it I don't like it it creeps me out they're like bumping I don't know I'm like guys oh your God, brother and sister guys, yes the bop to the top I was like why are you guys singing this song together to the top I do that on my step or you know your step or like aerobic step and I, I'm not kidding that's like one of the songs that like I'm like bop 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 to the top and I'm like doing my whole like one of my favorite songs to run to is the finale song from uh the second movie every day the one they sing at the resort at the end that's a great song to run to oh just the way it builds that is oh yeah i like that one that one's good too seriously all i own i purchased every soundtrack on cd that means a lot to me four times in the theater the high school the three it was four times, man. And I, I love Sharpay. I used to own a Sharpay wig and I would wear it all the time. And Didn't, wait, Aaron had the Sharpay like golf outfit that Friday did the second movie, right? Such a random thing to have. I don't know why I had that, but I did. It wasn't a costume. Like I used to genuinely wear it to church, like just yeah. bedazzled and all. I love that. I love it, but I love it. I was just mad that I wasn't, I wasn't young enough. And I had a Sharpay wig. Like I worked at an elementary school. So I was like, I will wear this for the kids. And I would wear it random days. If I had like, an oh my gosh, or anything, they'd be like, oh, Miss Marcia Sharpay, we're going to hear something fun today. And I was like, you know it. Also, I just wanted to wear the Sharpay. It looked really cute. And for Halloween one year, I was Sharpay for Halloween. Like I had like this glittery dress i have this huge microphone that has the se on it for the for the kids okay for the, for the, for the kids people for, for the, the kids children. and so i walked around i had my night i went to all my meetings like i was the resource coordinator of a chicago public school like at an elementary school in chicago i was the resource coordinator i probably shouldn't have been walking around in my blonde wig <laughs> but it was for the children and so people like the teachers right Oh my gosh, even like we had a couple of teachers who are gay. Um, and the first thing they said, oh my gosh, Miss Marcia, breaking out the RuPaul, right? <laughs> and then because once again, black woman in a blonde wig, but every of the kids looked at him. They're like, nah, Miss Marcia Sharpay, don't you see that microphone in her hand? I was like, yes, I am. Boom. That's amazing. <laughs> really quickly before we move on, you know what I love about this? I feel like this past 
year and a half has really cracked open just the the truth of how divided we are as a nation and how terribly we do not listen to each other, right? And I just wanna say this conversation was division, yet listening, yet mm-hmm. coming to a beautiful compromise agreement. And it ended with a sharp pay wig and a microphone. Exactly. So <laughs> I just want to say, well done to both of you. This was a thank beautiful you, conversation. You. And if anyone's looking to learn how to have beautiful conversations, come to crush the party. Look no further. Look right here. Controversies abound, yet they also heal. Right here on Crush yeah, the Podcast. Because so Aaron was really like, what do you mean, Sharpay is not the villain? <laughs> you know, t- to be fair, it wasn't the first time I've heard I mean, your particular take was a little more unique, but I have heard things. Re-jarring for Aaron, jarring. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just go back to, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily want to be Sharpay's friend. She would scare me. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I think that she needed just a little bit more love and validation. And I don't want to mm. be like with the people. She needed genuine validation. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think what it was is it was always like, so, I mean, in the second movie, you know, it's like, oh, hey, mommy, whatever. And I feel like there was such a yearning to be, I mean, look, all of us, she's just yearning to be seen and known. Yeah. And the only way she felt like she could heal those wounds and be seen and known was on the stage in this fantastical, yeah. <laughs> that the, this, can you guys hear Loic? Yeah. He's screaming right now. Uh, He's, I think he's very excited. I think he may have just got a cracker because that's his, that's his. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's the sweetest freaking baby. I know, he's so cute. In the second movie when it's, what's the what's the musical she does where uh, Troy is like sat down and she's doing the number and oh, there's like the that. volcano. Yes. Here's the thing, she was reacting like a desperate person that she had. She was in high school and her parents needed to love her better than that. Mm. That is how she reacted to losing that. Then obviously she was not loved well and was not told no. And that is why no is a love word and you need to tell it to your kids as much as you can. Mm. It kind of sounds like in the same vein, you know, she never had any competition, any real competition. She always had just gotten every part she wanted. It was always just like assumed she would get the lead and she never really, she never had that feeling of like, oh, something's being taken away from me, you know? Whether it's somebody crushing us or us by our own choices or whatever being crushed it's these are gifts they they're humbling they're they make you a good person so you're not the sharpay but we love her (laughs) i'm not trying to be her because my gosh but i do man i respect game look game recognize game hey aaron hey kirsten isn't it so great that marcia is back i was just about to ask you the same thing Were you also about to ask me where you can find the latest sneakers and the cutest styles that work for your new lifestyle of working out every single day? How did you know that's exactly what I was going to ask you? You're my baby cousin. I got you. Also, I can't believe you work out every day, but that's for a completely different conversation. I can believe that you can get the latest releases or even rare vintage sneakers at the eBay marketplace. You're kidding. No, not one bit eBay even has authenticity guarantee that your sneakers will be meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. Did you just say meticulously? No, I did. There's a literal team of experienced sneaker authenticators verifying the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Wow, I can't thank you enough for telling me about this. I'm going to have the best new kicks in my workout. Just head over to ebay.com slash sneakers today. 
Piggy Bay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Now, for those of you who have been following us for a while, Marcia is not new to the podcast. She's a dear friend of ours, and she is the the creator, I would say the creator of the micro movement. That's what I'm calling it. The micro movement as a micro blogger, micro Instagram influencer, the micro micro machines, the the micro movement of hashtag mugshot in the morning. Marcia, will you give us just a little bit about mugshot in the morning? Okay. So mugshot in the morning started just a little bit over a year ago when I was having a bad day and I was not loving the way I looked or felt or seemed or anything. And I was like, blah. And back when I was in college, someone read me an excerpt of a Max Lucado book. And they talked about the face that God loves. Wake up, go to your mirror, look at who you are, like morning breath, sleep in your eye, unbrushed teeth, hair all over the place. And they're like, that, that is the face that God loves. And so whenever I get really down on myself and I look in the mirror in the morning. I was like, that is the face that God loves. And I took it a step further, farther, further, farther. You're fine. I'm terrible with grammar. (laughs) Farther is distance. So I was like, farther, Um, (laughs) maybe not. I don't know. And I decided to take a selfie of myself that first morning where I was like, this is the face that God loves, damn it. (laughs) With my mug, because that's just whatever. And I posted it. And I did it a couple more times. It wasn't every day. And then one day I was like, I like doing this, right? Mm. I have to remind myself, like, this is the face that God loves. And if it's the face that God loves, everybody's going to see this face that God loves. What was, what was like the response on the first, like first time you posted it? Well, there's no response, right? Like, no, um, I just kind of like, no one said anything. It was just me. I, listen, I'm all about Instagram. and I, I'm not a stranger <laughs> to the selfie. Right. I am one of those people who will post a selfie without apologizing or posting a selfie. You know, some people are like, I'm so sorry. I know you don't post selfies, but look me, I'm like, selfie. (laughs) Got this. And uh, so I posted a selfie where I wasn't selfie ready. And that's kind of what I did. And I, then I just start calling it a mugshot. Right. Cause it like my, it's my mug. Right. A mug. A mug. <laughs> exactly. Even though I'm black in America, I was not in a lineup during that mugshot. So I did the, I did my mugshot and I started doing hashtag mugshot, right? Because I thought it was so cute. It's so funny. And I did it pretty regularly. I have a lot of mugs. I love mugs. None of my mugs match. And that is super important to me. Um, that's the whole thing. But um, I pulled out the drawer and like, like my mugs just fell, right? They all like... I lost like six mugs that day. So I have this mug, right? It's my favorite NPR mug where, again, that's so sad. That's me. My favorite NPR mug. <laughs> that's a favorite NPR mug. You're such and a grown up. It had, they had <laughs> like for their Chicago station, WBZ, it was a Chicago flag, but the blue was radio waves and okay. the oh. coolest mug, right? Yeah. And that, the handle broke off that. I got a brand new Wonder Woman mug that crashed. I was like, like all these mugs. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? So I didn't think that anyone even cared that I did it. I did the mug shot in the morning for me. Then I took a post, like I took a picture of my mugs broken. I go, oh my gosh, my mugs broke. And I shared on Instagram. Do you know people legit were like, what's your address? And I got like, I got like 
seven new mugs, right? And it was so crazy. People were like, no, I know you just, I, I didn't think anyone was watching my mug shots. I thought people were like, whatever, Marcia, who cares? Oh no, I can't believe it. Let me send you a mug. And I was like, is this a thing? Like people are following along with my thing that I do for myself whether I care, if I post, whether anyone watches it or not. Like, That's one of my fa favorite things about you is that you post and you're doing it for yourself. So fascinating. <laughs> like, I'm like, who are you? And how can I learn from your wisdom filled ways? <laughs> I love you so much. And I loved why you're doing mugshot in the morning and how it's affected other people and how it has become this, this little movement. <laughs> and I just, I micro, it's a micro movement. And I love the idea of whether it's a micro movement, it's just you, or it becomes something huge. I love that it's affecting you and it's affecting other people. And it affected both Aaron and I. It was one of our first posts. We put up both of us taking a mugshot, no makeup in the morning. Let's be honest. I took about mm, seven. I waited till the light was shining in. I listened to you. I did the tilt up. I was like, ugh. But... I've been, and this is something I said in the interview, I've really been looking at myself in the mirror and being like, this is the face that God loves. And that coupled with Sarah Bareilles talking about, I need to fall in love with my nose and reading this Henry Nouwen book about your belovedness and like unmasking the lies of the world. I just, that all culminated into this interview. And I was just like, okay, okay, God, I see you. I see what's happening. <laughs> you posted, and I'm gonna read a little bit of it. Yes, I admit it. I think I'm really pretty. When I was a kid, people would tell me I was so pretty and my mom would snatch it back. She would say, you are pretty, but pretty is as pretty does. I remember trying to figure out just what pretty does. And as it turns out, not a damn thing. Anything I've ever gotten for being pretty never served me long-term. Everything I've gotten from being authentically me has proven to be fruitful and has allowed me to grow in ways I did not imagine. Anyone can be pretty. Anyone can buy clothes, makeup, and hair product. Just anyone can't be you and do the things you can do. So stop chasing the pretty. Start discovering the beauty of the authenticity inside you. When you wrote, everything I've gotten from being authentically me has proven to be fruitful and has allowed me to grow in ways I did not imagine. Yeah. Well, I, um, it's so funny because I take, I probably take a selfie a day. Why well, mm. I should probably, I absolutely take a selfie a day. <laughs> right? Uh, and just about like less and less days I've taken selfies of me fully made up I like the day I took that selfie I was like I I, I was, it was one of those days where I was like I can't believe I ever and I think we've had this conversation that I could let people like I could think that I wasn't pretty enough right there are times where I didn't think I was pretty enough right mm -hmm. you grow and like your face changes and you get mm -hmm. happy and you gain weight and like I've gained the COVID-19. I've probably also gained the COVID-20 and the 21. <laughs> right? I don't know. Um, you know, like, and as my mm -hmm. weight changes and fluctuates and I have mm. bigger clothes or smaller clothes or, mm. right. And there are times where, and I, I love that picture of myself. And I was like, like, I'm like, I am really pretty. And I go, people have always told me that I was pretty. And then I thought about the things and it just made me think about pretty hasn't gotten me anywhere though. So why, why do, why do I get myself, get down sometimes about not being pretty, right? Mm. I, um, cause attraction is subjective, mm. right? Like it's all relative. And that's mm. the thing where it's like, some people are going to think you're pretty. Some people are going to think you're just okay. I was like, I, it was a really good, it was a really good moment for me to remember that. 
And I was glad I remembered that. And I was like, huh, I'm going to tell people what I think, what I'm thinking about. And that was kind of why I posted it. Whereas like, stop chasing the pretty, right? Because I mm-hmm. would make a joke. So back in the day when you would get phones from T-Mobile, so they would always come with like a new model of like this my touch, like the T-Mobile version of the iPhone. And I would always, there would be a new version. It'd be like, I had my phone for six or seven months. And I would go in to a store and I'd be like, hey, what can I do to change my phone or to upgrade? And it's usually they tell you no, but I know that if I went to a guy to change my phone, because I'm pretty, he'd have been like, yeah, let's see what we can do, <laughs> right? And I would get a new phone, right? Because I used to think, I'm like, the only thing pretty has ever gotten me was a new phone. I do not have that phone, right? Like, what do you know? Like, I'm not even yeah. I've gotten a new phone or I've gotten a drink at a bar or I've gotten, you know what I mean? Like, some guy bought me ice cream once. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, anything that I've yeah. gotten for being pretty, it was disposable, Oh, okay. Wait, you said so many things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that. Okay. First of all, the disposable is so phenomenal because a lot of the stuff they were talking about is aging and the products you use. And I was like, it's just the icing on the cake, right? It's just the cherry on top. If you don't have, you haven't done the inner work and you don't actually believe that your valued and worth is, has nothing to do with your face. Then the next time you see a wrinkle or a pimple, then you got to get another product and it's not enough, right? It's disposable because that product you're eventually going to just, it's going to go away and you're going to throw it out. And something else you said, you know, it's subjective. Some people are going to think I'm pretty. Some people are not. And ultimately that some people are going to like me and some people are not. Some people are going to get me and some people are not. And I wish somebody would have told me and that's okay. So I spent my whole life trying to prove myself to so many different types of people, which I talked about in my episode. And I just, I read this and I was just like, stop chasing, stop chasing the pretty, stop chasing the, the yes, stop chasing the you're good enough stuff. It's all of it. Right. And for a woman, our, our currency is our beauty and yeah. so much, whether, whether we want it to be or not. That's how the world sees us. I think I said this in the beginning. I said it in the interview. I don't know what they'll keep, but in Henry Nouwen's book, Life of the Beloved, he talks about unmasking. I'm going to read it really quick. It's just a couple sentences. First of all, you have to keep unmasking the world about you for what it is. Manipulative, controlling, power hungry, and in the long run, destructive. The world tells you many lies about who you are, and you simply have to be realistic enough to remind yourself of this. What you posted was that. It's, it's funny because in the, we talked about unmasking. We're like, no, 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 wear your mask. But like, <laughs> yeah, wear your mask. yeah, unmasking that for what it is, is such a freeing experience. I think the minute we say what is actually the truth, what a weight that comes off. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being here. And just thank you for being you. Thank you. <laughs> where can we find you marcia like let's say we were like i love marcia who is she tell me more you can find me on instagram at stylishly sia so stylishly like the adverb um <laughs> told you that was it because you said stylish lycia and i was like no yeah. that doesn't make any sense this is just like erin noella i thought she was erin noella and it's erin noel la and you're stylish stylishly Sia. Wow. Well, I feel like a dum-dum. I was like, no, her name is Marcia. And you were like, I don't know, maybe it's a nickname. It's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that was all of her mannerisms right there. Oh my gosh, Erin. Okay. Thank you. So we're going to, we're going to do this again. That's where you can find me and you can find all of my mugshots and my ridiculous stories and all of my apparently inspirational posts that tell you it's okay to be ugly. 
<laughs> what a great way to summarize. <laughs> it's okay to be ugly. I, I just want to say, I love you with my whole heart. I think you're so fantastic. You are so beautiful. You are pretty too, but you are so beautiful. And I just thank you for being honest. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.